the internet okay let's party it's showtime it's time for the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier Jaden, dkm and j cal what is up everybody oops i probably should have done that instead and i probably should have done that instead and one more thing all right hey what's up everyone welcome to the alliance guys podcast a presentation of alliance Dash wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance and the United Wrestling Network and SoCal Wrestling in general. Uh, what a week, man! First of all, I freaking missed being on the podcast on Tuesday. I jumped on Wednesday with the other guys. DK, Nice to finally uh, see you again after uh, we said goodbye on uh, on Sunday night there. Jaden, Jaden has joined us. But before we get to any of that stuff, I have to remind you guys about our sponsor, Dubby. I love Dubby. In fact, I tried a new flavor today, and I was going to show you which one it was, but now I lost my, uh, my label. But um, they were great flavors. What I like the best about it is it's jitterless energy. And real quick, if you wouldn't mind, Watch this. 
Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. And again, we're back from Nolens, back from uh, the Bayou, the French Quarter, the uh, Big Easy. What's going on, DK? How are you? Yo, I am. Now I was able to find a burger that wasn't drier than the pavement. <laughs> that was that was rough. The wings were good though; they had good wings. <clears throat> no dying. I, I promise nothing. Jaden, you were not in New Orleans, but welcome to the show, man. How the heck are you? Good, sir. Uh, I'm doing okay. I was just eating some tuna with hot sauce, so uh, I'd rather have a burger, or as DK was saying in the chat, I'd really want some um, Waffle House right now. Ooh, Waffle House. Waffle House. I want Waffle House. Wait, 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 wait. I've had Waffle House a total of three times. And uh, we're still alive, so that's good. Yeah, twice in Atlanta, one in Nashville. Um, so we got a, a full uh, everyone's in the house, is what I'm trying to say. Full, full bank in the chat. I see Luthez is here. He says it's only 7 p.m. in real America time, Jay, as uh, that's when our show starts in the uh, central. Uh, our pal DKM says it's Tyrus. It's it's Happy Tyrus's World Heavyweight Champion Day, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of interesting stuff happened over the weekend. Uh, Doty asks if I'm crying in my beer, and Doty, I got to tell you, man, I don't appreciate that, and I'll tell you why I don't appreciate that because I was first of all I was in New Orleans, I got to see my good pal DKM, and I made some new best friends, and I mean, look at the smile on that guy's face. Does that look like a guy who is crying in his beer? Thanks for the photo, DK. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, that was a. We had a great time. Uh, you know, the wrestling was the wrestling was whatever. But I had a great time in New Orleans. I had a, a, a what is it? A beignet. Mm -hmm. I had a po' boy. I I walked around. Well, the he is a po' boy. Yeah, I well after this weekend I'm a po' boy. I I walked around the French Quarter. DK and I got to hang out for a bit. Uh, we talked some wrestling. Got to see Dave Scooby. I shared a beer with Dave Scooby. Got to see my guy Jax Dane. <clears throat> we got to see a new television champion crowd. What is there to cry about? What a great weekend! I had a blast. DK, what did you think about New Orleans? Oh, it was. I enjoyed being in New Orleans, a little bit on the cold side, but it was, uh, uh, I enjoyed being there. Uh, Google Maps took me like every zigzag way across town that it possibly could. And parking at the French Quarter is way too much. And next time I will Uber there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I literally would have spent... About the same amount of money as the Uber, but at least then I wouldn't have to have worried about where I parked my car and I'm looking for it. Yeah. 
what Jay doesn't know is we were walking to my car at one point and I just luckily saw it as we continued to walk. I was, I was parked in a spot where we could see it through these kind of breaks and these little half-sized concrete walls they had up. And so, but I was about to lead us about three more blocks. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, there it is. Hmm. And, you know, the wrestling, the wrestling wasn't bad. Uh, I was probably more interested in Jay being there and I was Dave because it was good to, you know, see people that we know from here, especially considering what one of us is from Texas, one of us from California and the best ones from New Jersey. Well, you weren't there, even though we tried to get you to come, but (laughs) Mr. was from, uh, I smiled some while I was there media. And uh, Dave Scooby's from Maryland. Is that right, Dave? Maryland or Delaware? Maryland, Delaware. Somewhere out there on the East Coast. So we, we were able to do it. Well, then, then by the way, the next Alliance Guys uh, road trip will be to a non-NWA event in March. When we have more details available, we'll share them. But it's going to be in the East Coast. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that later in the coming weeks, months. Of course, got to get through Christmas. Got to get through the New Year's first. Hell, Thanksgiving's next week. We won't be here next Thursday. I won't be. Maybe DK might, but Baltimore, guys. I'll be in a coma. Dave Scooby says Baltimore. We're both wrong. Baltimore. That's in Maryland. That's Maryland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I know geography. Yeah. California education at its best. Exactly. (laughs) So, Jay. Yeah. Uh... Any fun happenings with two members of the NWA Women Tag Team title? How, how did that come about? How did you get our endorsement there from them? So, first of all, I do want to point out that the locker room at the NWA live events is really cool. Sometimes they have, in the past, they've done meet and greets. Uh, this time around, they were actually just uh, just out selling merchandise. And if you talk to somebody, they'd be more than happy to talk back to you. Um, we got uh, we got that endorsement uh, on night two from uh, our dear friends uh, Kenzie Page and Ella Envy, uh, my new besties, if you will. Uh, great girls. It was fun watching them interact with the uh, fans and attendants. You know, they have that uh, kind of that mean girl mentality in the ring, but they were just so sweet to a lot of the uh, the fans there. She would they were and yet still in character. Yeah, and that was that was what was great about it is they didn't break their character but there was an older woman who was in a wheelchair and i i don't know the entire story but uh they were pointing her out and saying how fabulous she looked and they were like they put her over and you know that that's stuff they didn't have to do but it was so damn sweet and and they were just so nice they were even nice to you know the creepy old guys who were asking to take pictures with them and asking them to record videos so uh they're great uh, representations of what you would want from an NWA champion. I, I went down the line uh, on night one. I went and saw uh, the former world's heavyweight champion, Matt Cardona. I offered him one of these stylish hats and <laughs> he said, no. And I said, uh, you know, you, uh, you want, you want a free hat? And he's no, I'm not going to rep that. And I respect the honesty though. Like at first I was kind of like, 
well, F you then, buddy. But like uh, the more I thought about it, it was actually I appreciate him saying no and not taking the hat, then taking the hat and then throwing it in a trash can. I, I will point this out. at Somebody from that show who received a free hat ended up gifting it to somebody else because I saw someone at the airport wearing the hat, which at first I thought was really cool until I realized that was one of the hats I was giving away. So. And Poyo says, obviously, they were not. See, Poyo, that was the joke I was trying to make, that I am the creepy old guy. I'm 43, going to be 44, actually, in about a week. So uh, that was the joke I was making, Poyo. But, yeah, everyone there was really cool. We got a chance to talk to Luke Hawk. Uh, he was, like, the ambassador for New Orleans. He said multiple times, if you need anything, you just let me know. And I'm like, hmm, how can I use this to my advantage? Uh, then I saw... Uh, who else did I see? Uh, I talked to um, uh, I talked to Colby. Uh, told him how great his match was against um, against Davy Richards the night before. Spoke with uh, Sal Renaro. You guys might have seen that I, clip on. YouTube. I found out about the mustache. Yeah, tell him about the mustache. So, as you may have noticed from the pay per view and whatever taping part he does in the from uh, Louisiana's. He shaved his beard and he just has the mustache down. And it's a typical porn stash, if you know what that means. And so I was asking him what happened to the beard. And he goes, well, he had shaved his beard for part of his Halloween costume. And then like two or three days later, he was at an event. And the fans were just giving him hell over it and booing him and hating on his mustache. And he's like, well, now I got to keep it. Yeah, and it, it got heat. It got a lot of heat. Uh, Sal was a cool guy. I got to tell him that uh, a lot of the people, uh, <clears throat> not a lot of the people, both Sal and Colby were like, well, what is the Alliance blog? What, what is this all about? And I explained to Colby that we were covering the NWA when his pops was still champion. And uh, explained to Sal that we were covering the NWA when he was still in anarchy. And they both really appreciated that. Uh, cool dudes. Both of them were really, really uh, kind. Everyone there was uh, really cool. Well, going back to Pretty Empowered, uh, one thing you should know is that they did that video totally off the cuff. Yeah. In like one take or one and a half takes. They thought Jay had started recording and he hadn't, so (laughs) they had to restart. But basically... It was completely off the cuff. And that impressed me a lot. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know a lot about Freedom Power. I haven't hated them, but I haven't, you know, like necessarily loved them either. But now I love them because I was able to watch them do that. Totally off the cuff. Watch the way they interacted with the fans, uh, with us and with others. And it was just, it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, I talked to, several wrestlers there and i'm not going to talk about everybody we talked to because we did get a little bit of information so i don't want anyone trying to figure out who said what or you know things but and we'll talk more about it later but god got a little bit of the feel of some of the thoughts that might be going on in the locker room you know and you know where nick aldis might be right where 
Billy might be right and stuff like that. So, uh, as I said, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's the thing. There was um, <clears throat> talking to a lot of people. Uh, there was some optimism and there was some, you know, some hard feelings, too. And and, and that's the thing. Uh I wanted to talk about this and I really wanted to spend some time with it, but I, let me just, I'm going to try to shoot this off the cuff. You, you know, this was the introductory to the new version of the NWA, NWA 2.0 of the lightning one era. You know, no longer do we have the pillars that held up the NWA in years past. Dave Marquez is not coming back. Dave Lagana is not coming back. Nick Aldis is not coming back. This is now officially a completely constructed by Billy Corgan. And now we're going to check the, you know, the viability of this construction. The, 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 the structural integrity of the NWA now lies firmly in the hands of Billy Corgan. So what we see now, success or failure, is all based on what Billy Corgan is going to bring to the table. Now, what do we know about Billy Corgan? Well, we know that in the past he has alienated partners. I just listed three of them, but you can even go to his band, Smashing Pumpkins, and, and there's issues within the band that have come to the surface in, in the years past. Uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to this, but what we can't deny is that, number one, Tyrus is your NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Whether you like it or not, Ooh. that's what it is. And the NWA isn't going to be booked for you. It's booked for one person, and that's Billy Corgan. He is the steward of the National Wrestling Alliance. And in his mindset, in his viewpoint, what the NWA should represent is big, beefy dudes fighting each other. Whether you like it or not, that's his vision of the NWA. So if you enjoy that vision or if you're on board with that, then, then stay tuned because you're going to get more of it. And if you feel that you've been aged out or phased out or booked out of the NWA because you don't like characters, you don't like the talent, or you don't like the direction of the company, it's time to find something else. It's time to step off that train because the NWA is evolving into the Billy Corgan version of the NWA. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but if you don't like Tyrus, check out, bro. This isn't for you. If you don't like Austin Idol, there's the door. Because this is his vision, and this and this is what we're living in now. And there's a lot of other wrestling promotions out there that would love to have your consumerism. They would love to have your dollars and your eyeballs and your attention and your tweets and your Instagram posts. United Wrestling Network, MLW, uh, you know, Championship Wrestling Memphis. So much promotions out there. So many wrestling groups out there are dying for your eyeballs. If this doesn't sing to your soul anymore, please. If you want a new opera to sing to your soul, maybe you should check out Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiator, South Jersey's number one wrestling promotion, and the promotion apparently Jake Cal forgot about. Uh, yeah, well, I, there's a lot of promotions I didn't mention. Yeah, but gonna... how many of them are uh, associated with the Alliance guys? This is true. But that's, I mean... You're you're not wrong. That's fair. yeah. Check out Dog Pro Wrestling on on YouTube and fall in love with professional wrestling the way the NWA used to be. 
and patch. But get, getting a little bit into what Jay was talking about and Billy's vision. So that's a good place to start segueing into. Who's eating? <laughs> I mean, because uh, I'm hungry. Hey, Jay, send Poya the link. I'm, I'm going to pull it up yeah, right now put it on the screen. I'm, getting, I'm working out. What were you going to say, though, DK? Oh, is that this is kind of a time to talk about some of the things that, you know, maybe Billy has said or, or uh, Nick Aldis has said. And as we kind of look at some of these things, you know, Billy has flat out said he's trying to draw in the casual fan. Of course, I don't know what the casual fan is. I, to me, if a person says, well, we want the casual fan, what you're saying is you want the WWE fan. And my problem with that with anybody is WWE, you're not going to out WWE the WWE. No. You're, you're not a... You're not going to do anything better. Their fans are their fans. They watch. WWE has seven hours of television if you want to watch that much. And nobody wants to, you know, add an eighth hour. <laughs> no. And so it's... It, so that, that's the problem I have. You know, Billy may remember, he, he may like to get all these belts from back in the day, but he's not remembering the wrestling that took place back in the day. He's, he's one of those people that talk about how, you know, we got to produce a modern style. I can't figure out if that's a good thing or a bad thing, Pio. <laughs> but uh, uh anyway if we're looking casual as somebody said casual is an oxymoron then you know th they're not going to watch 20 hours of wrestling idiot hardcore people like me might watch 20 hours of wrestling and i don't as I've stated here, I go, I, re I record, I record, uh, I record Raw, NXT, Dynamite, Rampage, and SmackDown. I listen to the reviews on the Russell Talk podcast, and then I decide if I actually want to watch anything or not. <laughs> now, some of the premium live events. I do go ahead and watch as they come out. And, uh, although, <laughs> to be totally honest, I completely forgot about the last one, uh, the Saudi show. I tell you, I boycotted on principle, but the truth is, I totally forgot about it. And, I, 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 you're just not, if your thing is to, 
well, I want to attract that fan. You're probably not going to. And you're probably not going to put out a product that's going to match what WWE does. You don't have their production values. You don't have their roster. You don't have their money. You, you know, you don't have what you need. And so somebody, you know, that's why a lot of places will try to produce some kind of alternative. Now, people will tell you the AEW is an alternative, but they're not really because they're just a sports entertainment based as as uh, WWE. Their but, alternatives are as the Republicans are the their alternatives to the Democrats. <laughs> so that, there's some truth to that for sure. Yeah. Anyone knows me knows I hate both parties equally. And, uh, you know, when, when you go watch Jaden shows, then you see, I mean, Dr. Sarconium puts on the type of thing that I wish shows that I wish, uh, uh, the NWA would put on, you know, with just, about one one billionth of the budget. <laughs> yeah. With a, you know, just more serious wrestling in the ring. Now, supposedly that's what Nick Aldis was saying he wanted. He wanted to throw back to that. And he wasn't happy well, with the, he wasn't happy with the direction. Well let's let's go let's go back in time here real quick, right? So when the NWA was purchased by Billy Corgan, um, you know the, the the lawyer in Brownsville who got the payday, uh, you know, handed over the assets to what was essentially a couple of championship belts and the three letters, right? That's that's what we keep hearing. It was on the backs of Dave Lagana, Dave Marquez. Tim Storm and Nick Aldis that produced something that made people care. And, and, and Billy was involved too. I don't want to alienate him because he was a part of the process, right? He did, you know, he did contribute to this, the, the structure of what would be the NWA. And it was a throwback. It was more of a competitive feel. The videos that we watched weren't based on like sports entertainment storytelling. It was based on more traditional pro wrestling or even like modern day like mma type storytelling right like we knew these matches were coming but it wasn't uh it, it wasn't like uh you know hey your mom told my mom this and then that's why they're wrestling like it was all because the top prize in pro wrestling the 10 pounds of gold the nwa world's heavyweight championship with the lineage back to 1948 was treated as such a significant title such a significant prop in the history of pro wrestling that that's what the storyline needed and when they started airing power when they started filming power that was how they were initially presenting it as a ode to the jim crockett promotion eras right so we did get some more traditional uh studio type wrestling with less sports entertainment than we have now but there was still some elements to that of course the question mark and 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 i mean obviously just about everything that um Aaron Stevens does has a lot of comedy involved in it. So there was comedy still happening and there were still storylines being presented similarly to sports entertainment, but not to the level it is now. And, and I really feel like the NWA, we were sold uh, back in 2019 when power kicked off is radically different than the power we have today in 2022. And I think if you look at the storylines, although you know, there were still similar elements to sports entertainment. It was treated more, more like pro wrestling and less like soap opera. I, I mean, I, 
I would say it was treated more like a sport. Yes, there you go. That's that's what I'm trying to get and, at. And, you know, so my thing is you're not going to out WWE, WWE. You're not going to out sports entertain them. You're not going to, you're not even going to out sports entertain AEW. So then if you're, then you would, I would say the audience that you want to go after, especially if you like, you know, the big athletes fighting each other, some in brawls, some technical or whatever, then what you look at is you, who you should be going for is the, is the sports guy. Yeah. Do you like MMA? Do you like boxing? Do you like, you know, amateur wrestling? Any of that stuff? You know, here, come watch our show because that's what, that's what we got. Real, real quick, uh, Poyo said something in the chat, and I, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. Poyo said, assuredly, I would never have been, uh, I never would have made it to that product, so I ain't bitter. And to that, I say, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I mean, we did have, literally, we had Aaron Stevens, uh, you know, refusing to wrestle, talking about his Hollywood ventures. We had the question mark doing karate. I don't know that you would have been all that out of place on that story on that show three years ago, Poyo. Um, I mean, we all, I, I enjoy the dynamic that you have with the thrill Billy. And I think that would have worked even back then on, on that show. Here's but, the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, many people, many people consider comedy as sports entertainment and flamboyance and histrionics. All of that was in pro wrestling forever. Jimmy, yeah. the boogie woogie man valiant wasn't normal. That is not what sports entertainment is. There's always been the flamboyance, the histrionics, the uh, Adrian Street. Adrian Street, exactly. There's always been that in professional wrestling. And that's why I say to this date, to this day, UFC is the best pro wrestling promotion in the country because they take an athletic competition and use that flamboyance and the histrionics. And again, it's that's not. It's the using stupid, childish, goofy humor. And all right, I'm going to say this out, and a bunch probably going to piss off a lot of people. It's your damn fault. We have the NWA, and I'm talking about everybody who was at that first taping that cheered <laughs> for the question mark. It's all your damn fault. We can blame Billy all you want, but you dumb people. Had to cheer that stupid thing because you, instead of you didn't cheer it because you thought it was great. You cheered it because you guys wanted to take over the show and you wanted to make it all about your damn selves. That and that's mean. exactly why we have to deal with this stupid shit because they saw that. And if you notice from that point forward, we started getting more and more and more and more of that stupid shit. So you guys trying to take it over and put yourselves over instead of actually cheering for wrestling. As someone who was there, and I hear you, Jaden, I hear what you're saying, I thought it was funny. Now, maybe it was the delirium of a four-hour TV taping, but I thought it was funny. Uh, I It got over with the crowd because it was something different than what was presented the, the rest of the show. Well, but, but to it, your... I think that's a danger of a TV taping, though, especially when you're taping so much TV. Uh, at once, kind of like you said, the look. I mean, look, when we were there at the taping on Sunday, one of the things that happened is, of course, you know, they would do countdowns for 
the start of each show or whatever. And so at the beginning, you know, Kyle Davis would be going five, four, three, two, one, and the crowd would go crazy. And, you know, about the fifth time he was going five, four, three, two, one, the crowd was going, yay. They were tired. I mean, you know, they get tired. And, uh, you know, Matt Cardona had an interview where he basically said, man, he goes, I wish we either taped live or at least taped live to tape, you know. You know, or not tape live. That They were either live each week or basically what's called tape taped live where you just kind of tape it as a show that's live and, you know, you show it and give you a chance to edit some of the stuff. And, uh, I, I, I think that was the, I think the problem is that you get these things, you get people in there, they get tired, they get a little bit loopy. They, they try to entertain themselves basically yeah. as time goes on. I mean, I'll admit it. I was not as into when uh, into Sunday's show as I was into Saturday's show. There was there was a point in time where DK DK and I walked off when I we were talking to Jack Stane. We were talking to some uh, production people behind the scenes, and we weren't even watching the show. Uh, you know, every time I go to these live events, whether it be the United Wrestling Network, Mass Republic, uh, you know, uh, any of my local Southern California indies or any event that I go to, I have the same camera that you're watching me on right now in my hands. And I take as many photos and videos as I possibly can to the point where I'll, I'll run through two batteries in the course of four hours trying to capture those moments to put on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube and everything else. There were parts in that show I just didn't even care, and I sat down and I just held my camera, and and that I think speaks to what Poyo was saying in the chat that there wasn't a lot of compelling storyline produced for this. There wasn't a whole lot of momentum that carried over from the night before. To be quite honest, it just it was a, a Wildcat show featuring NWA talent that didn't even put over the Wildcat talent. Yeah, there was a lot of confusion there. I will say this because. Actually, the worst, if both Jay and I were in our seats uh, looking at the ring or talking to each other, that was probably not a good thing. That means we really weren't interested in what was going on. Because when we were interested in things, we were up, we were moving, we were talking to people. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> I mean, I will say this for me, because I watched Power. Did you get a chance to watch it, Jay? Yeah, I watched it uh, this afternoon. And I, I did find power to be actually a little more interesting as a show than I did as a live event. I don't know if you felt the same way or not. But yeah, was. no, I mean, of course, I had a chance to put a little bit of polish on it. Um, it was kind of hard to hear the promo earlier with uh, uh I remember when um, when Austin Iowa was out there, the mic kind of muffled. It was really hard to hear what he was saying. I couldn't really pick up what they were putting down, if you know what I'm talking about. Right. And then hearing the promo afterwards on TV when you have a mic'd up Tyrus explaining that, you know, Cardona is still a threat. Murdoch is still a threat. And at any point, either one of his associates in the church's money, uh, Idol Mania Sports Management could be potential challengers. That came across so much better uh, on the uh, on the program than it did live. Yeah, and 
I will admit where we were sitting, we were across from the hard cam. So we yeah. saw a lot of back, backs and butts. Yeah. And uh, on the girls, maybe not so bad, but on the guys, <laughs> it was no fun. Uh, I, I do want to go back to something that Boyo was saying earlier. I think in the earlier vision of the NWA that some people had, I think that's where she would have fit in better as a like manager of a female tag team, you know, which was kind of, I think, you know, like my own vision for her early on and stuff like that, you know, manage some of the female wrestlers. And so, uh, but, you know, she, she's gotten way over with me working with, with Thrill Billy, and I really missed her not being there. Yeah. Uh, this weekend. We missed you a lot, Poyo. We cried a little bit that you weren't there. And, uh, you know, I... I think maybe this is where we can get in talking a little bit about, you know, some of the things that Billy has said and some of the things that all this has said. And somebody goes, who do you think is telling the truth? And I said, well, I think both of them are. Oh, a hundred percent. I go, I, I don't question anything that Billy's saying about all this. And I don't question anything all this is saying about Billy. I go, I think, I think they're both right. I, I think all this probably comes across a little more hypocritical uh, you know, one of the people we're talking to pointed out that Aldis was the first to say that uh, uh, Sicky Dice and Thunder Rosa, who were critical of some of the going-ons. Real quick, just some of the shots that we would see when, you know, you guys had the hard camera, we we saw butts. Yeah. And uh, not that DK was complaining. Not with that one. <laughs> anyway, uh Uh, getting back to where, uh, where was I? Nice. He put something on me and I totally forgot. No, seriously. You know, I, uh, all this was the first to condemn Siggy Dice and Thunder Rosa for making negative statements publicly about the NWA. Yeah. And then of course he comes off and then does it himself. Uh, on one hand, he says he's not putting down the locker room. On the other hand, he puts down the locker room. Yes. And, and, and these are the things where you see where Billy's right. Yeah. You know, but then his complaints were a lot of the same complaints that we've had here on this very show. And uh, so it's like, I can't disagree with them when he talks about distraction creative. And, uh, you know, look... We talked to some of the people, like Jay said, some of the wrestlers, some of the backstage people, and some of the producers. And uh, some of the things I heard were frustration. Some people felt like, you know, they weren't being used to their full potential. Uh, some people weren't being used at all. <laughs> uh, some, you know, I told one person, I go, Boy, they really need to build you up for a title match with somebody. And it was, it was, oh man, I'll get to that in a second, Dave. And, uh, you know, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, I, I would like for that to happen too. I go, I don't, you know, I don't know why another person noted what their kind of win-loss record was in a thing, even though they were supposed to be, 
you know, a top person or, and it's just, there is some frustration there. I can tell, uh, and, you know, I talked to a couple of other people that were perfectly happy, thought they were on the right track and, you know, things would be going well for them and everything. So I don't want to say everybody there was a downer, but there was certainly some frustration that was shared with me. Yeah. And, I don't know who you talked to, Jay, and I don't know what you heard, but real quick to Willie Bowen. I've um, just so you know, uh, battleships don't make good floats. Also, Tyrus doesn't put over the plate and fork; they job to him. The whole everything on that plate jobs to him. (laughs) I I mean, so (laughs) thank you for pointing those out, Jane. I, I mean, look. We are in a growth phase for the NWA. Uh, I, I listened to Jim Cornette earlier today, and he was talking about the Nick Aldis and Billy Corgan controversy. And obviously, he's not watching the product these days. But he pointed out, like, you know, that that show, the way Power kicked off that first season with him, that was supposed to be the launching point. And it, it feels like the NWA is not even at the point it was those years ago. And there's a lot of truth to that. When we left, when, 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 in, when 2019 came to a close and 2020 was rolling around the corner, there was expectations that the National Wrestling Alliance would be touring monthly, that the National Wrestling Alliance would be doing pay-per-views in medium to small size arenas, not in, not in boys and girls clubs, not in you know bingo halls, but like small arenas and where they were supposed oh, to. I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to say this real quick because I'll forget otherwise. Uh, there was, I guess, a little bit of controversy about whether the show sold out or not. To me, the answer is no, because there were like two balconies full that were probably the top balcony had like two people in it. The first balcony was probably about what a third. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more than a third, but yeah, not, not a whole lot. 40% at most. Yeah. And, uh, so there are plenty of available seats if more people had come. I mean, it wasn't a case of there are no more tickets. Now the bottom part around the ring on Saturday was mostly, Mostly sold. There are a couple of empty seats I saw, which may have been sold tickets, but the people didn't come for whatever reason. Well, and then the, they did do a segment in the main event. Uh, where so, so the section between the stage and where DKM and I were sitting was mostly empty for the, for the whole night, mostly. And then they did a segment, um, you know, in the, the two title, world title matches, both the women's um, title defense and the men's title defense, the triple threat matches, uh, they had the wives of wrestlers or wrestling wives, whatever it was, a lot of hot babes sitting in ringside and kind of laughing at Chelsea Green when she was getting beat and supporting Tyrus when he won. So it it seemed a little like at least for Then we found out that one of them was his wife. Yeah, one of them was his wife. Um, Media M5 asked uh, what day uh, had more people in seats. And it was obviously it was the hard times pay per view, not even close. 
it felt like the um, Revolution Rumble really suffered. Uh, there wasn't a lot of attendance there. I mean, there were people there. Uh, and there was a good chunk of people there, probably about 400 people, right? 350, 400 people. But when you think about where they were when that first episode of Power debuted, and, there, and that that small venue, that production studio, they had you know probably close to 400 people there. The audience hasn't grown. Where did those fans go, DK? Uh, away. Well, I mean... And again, let's be honest, we, we talked about this before. It was going to be something that the NWA was going to have to be, was going to have to deal with. It's something that AEW has had to deal with. In the early day, all the hardcore fans went wherever you were, uh, whenever, wherever you were across the, uh, uh okay. I have a stroke. I'm trying not to, but I totally forgot where I was in my statement. You're talking about AEW crowds who were oh yeah, even fans who were following oh, the show, right? Because hardcore fans were traveling from across the country. Country is the word I was looking for. And uh, I, and you know, the second night, a lot of people who came in for Hard Times Three were gone. Yeah, and it was very definitely a wild cat crowd on night two now in some ways they were more into the show and more into the matches than the night one people because they were very thrilled to be seeing their local stars and and uh it was the crowd was actually more excited the second night than they were the first with the exception of uh, two matches. Right. And, and we'll talk about whether whether we feel like maybe some mistakes were made or not. But uh, it was it was a it was a it was a case where and even the first night, there were a lot of local people. I'd say, what was, would you say, fifty percent of the crowd was local the first night? There, were, uh, you remember that couple that was sitting next to us that were ended up being in the wrong seats? Yes. And they were, and they were like, uh, it was funny because they used to live. I think they said in Galveston, Galveston, Texas. Right. They used to go to the Wrestling Revolution, which was a part of the NWA under the Tharp era, and that they had moved to New Orleans or outside of New Orleans, and they didn't even know that Wildcat existed. They were there because it was the NWA. They knew who Luke Hawk was, but they didn't know about Wildcat. So it was like, uh, so in that essence, they did draw some NWA fans to that show. But I think the large majority of the people there were very much there to see Luke and PJ win the world tag team titles. Right. And uh, as we delve into the show a little bit, that was probably a lost opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told Jay, I was expecting the towels to change hands. And the crowd was going crazy. And uh, it was probably the second best match on the show. It'll be a surprising first best match, for those who know me. But uh, it was, I, I told Jay, I go, you watch. I go, when they win, I go, the... 
I go, the roof's going to come off this place. They are going to blow. And unfortunately, they didn't win. And sadly, it kind of killed the crowd for the rest of the night. Yeah, and that should have been the main event. like Especially yeah. with the result they ended up with. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. I think the crowd could have would have been excited and happy and you know, been able to cheer the rest of the night to celebrate their people. And, uh, you know, the funny person was Tyrus, who at various times on the same night, both nights, would be cheered as a local guy and booed because he wasn't liked. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, so, like, okay. One thing we have to take into consideration again, because there, this is the the point of divide from what the NWA was to what the NWA is going to be going forward. Um, you know, we can't keep looking backwards because, well, first of all, it, it, we don't have the same principal pieces in place anymore. Well, strictly business is gone. You know, we're not going to have any more Nick Aldis. We're not going to have any more Dave Lagana, Dave Marquez, or anything like that. So moving forward, we have to look at this and decide, you know, I, I say we, right? It's not we, it's them. It's Pat Kenny. It's Billy Corgan. It's Joe Galley. It's it, it, it's it's Kyle Davis. They have to decide what the NWA is going to be going forward. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, some of the points that they've, so, some of the talking points we've heard in the last few weeks, before the pay-per-view and after the pay-per-view. I mean, we know that Billy Corgan already said, like, hey, if you don't like how I'm booking things, well, then hit the bricks. He said that on TV. Uh, he said that this, it, he's the one that's running this show. That's why him and Aldis were butting heads on TV, because, you know, he's going to run the show the way he wants to run it. Okay. We know that Nick, uh, excuse me, we know that uh, Billy Corgan has said that he likes the heavyweights. And we've got an influx of heavyweights in the last you know, last year to two years, right? We, you know, we had Trevor Murdoch, but Tyrus is a product of post-COVID. We we got we had Jack Stain, but he showed up, you know, right towards the end of the first two seasons, and you know they're they're going to probably have more heavyweights uh, along those lines. Wrecking Ball Ligurski, Jay Bradley. Um, it looks like that's where they're heading. Well, they had, plenty, uh, you know, to Boyo's conversation conversations i mean i'll agree that covid derailed them yes but my they still should have been able to pick up at some point and grown I mean, it's been, we're, you know, closing in on, you know, year and three quarters since they, since they've been back. And I can't say that they're moving forward. And, and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with big guys, but on one hand, we're talking about the big guys, but then on the other hand, we have Gimp. Yeah. On the other hand, we have Sal Renaro. And, you know, I met Sal there, and I'm not Sal's biggest fan, and he 
kind of drives me crazy, and I certainly hate his current character. I mean, he was a nice enough guy while there, you know, when I met him. But I, I don't like the way he's being used. I don't like Gags the Gimp at all. Uh, Yuma's fine. They could be using... We don't even need Captain Yuma, which he was. I mean, either just Yuma or Johnny Yuma or Fred Yuma or whatever they want to call him. They keep calling him the Ninja Assassin number one and call the Sour Naro Ninja Assassin number two. And I think a lot of us would enjoy that more than what we're seeing right now. All right. Here's the thing about big guys. Mid-South did big guys for years and did a very good job at it. You have to know how to use and promote big guys, and you have to know which big guys to use. Um, there's a lot of talented beef out there that could uh, can make a lot of stakes for for Billy Corgan and really make a great company to see. The problem is I don't think Billy has the mindset on how to create those big guys and how to use them and how to put them in matches that people care about. The WWF did a very similar thing. Bruno was small compared to some of the big guys that he was wrestling, but he was no small guy. Well, and I think also we, you know, we don't need complicated reasons, but we do need reasons that make sense to us. I mean, one of the first things that someone said for the U.S. Tag Team Championship is they pointed out the Spectaculars never win. Why are we watching them challenge for a title? I think that's more... Look, this is something that's been on my heart. And and the Spectaculars are big guys, but they fit fine, you know. So Something that's been on my mind and on my heart for the last week well, I guess not even the last week, really, since uh, Saturday night when Tyrus won the title was, I don't really give a damn about his politics. That doesn't really matter to me. Um, when, when it comes to this wrestling program that I'm watching, it's not that I have a problem with Tyrus as a human being or what he believes or his politics or anything else. What my problem is, is he's not very good in the ring anymore. Now, granted, did he get in shape for his match with Trevor Murdoch at the 74th? Absolutely. And he looks a hell of a lot better now than he did, uh, you know, before the 74th anniversary show. But my problem with him is he doesn't wrestle like a credible champion. You know, Ric Flair would go out there and wrestle 360 times a year or 350 times a year, whatever it was. And he'd wrestle, you know, the best guy on the card, the worst guy on the card, and he'd make them all look like a million bucks. And when, you know, in modern times, right, you know, before the NWA in its current state, Jack Stane, Hiroshi Tenzin, uh, Rob Conway, Satoshi Kojima, uh, you know, uh, 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 Tokyo Monster Kahagas, Adam Pierce, Cole Cabana, Blue Demon Jr., hell, even the Sheik, these guys went out and wrestled everyone and had the best compelling story matches, storylines and matches they could possibly have. Now, I'm not telling you that the Sheik was the world's greatest wrestler, 
but he made you believe that he was in there and was a violent man and very capable of hurting somebody. I watched Tyrus, and I think that this guy has all the potential in the world to be a, a, a threat to anybody. But then you watch him in the ring, and he's just not that good. And that's more damning about the NWA product than anything else that I've been hearing about, watching, or anything else. It's not his politics. His promos are amazing. If he could wrestle the way he cut a promo, he'd be a superstar in the WWE right now. The fact of the matter is he's 49 pushing 50. And yes, he's in the best shape he's been in a long time right now, but that's still not good enough. And, well, you and when you put him in the ring with anybody else on the roster, anybody, one-on-one with Trevor Murdoch, he shouldn't win. And, you know, Tim Storm was older when he won the title, but Tim Storm was also probably, uh, you know, in the best shape of his life at that time. And Real, real quick, I don't want to mean to interrupt you, but Carlton said something, and I want to bring that up too. He says, we have a 50-year-old champ. Let that sit in. Now, hold on. Because in the past, there have been older people as champion. I mean, Hollywood Hulk Hogan was pushing 50 when he was, uh, you know, the NWO world champion, right? When he came to the WWE and he had that one more run in him, he was still, he was in his 50s. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like, uh, you know, Nick Bockwinkle, who really didn't even hit his prime until like his mid-40s, right? And he held a couple of world titles into his 50s. And like we said earlier, like, like – what, uh, what DK was just about to say about Tim Storm. He was in his 50s as world champion. I don't, that number is irrelevant to me. It's can you go? I don't care if you're 50. I care, can you execute in the ring? And that's what I'm not seeing out of Tyrus. Now, you know, maybe he continues this training. Maybe he continues this kicking his ass in the gym. And maybe when we see him uh, back in power, uh, on the next tapings in, in December, maybe we get a new version of Tyrus and one who's more committed to looking better in the ring. But as of right now, I'm still not sold on him. Here's the problem with that one, though, Jay. There is nothing you can do in the gym. There's nothing you can do on the road. There's nothing you can do to work out to get you into ring shape other than get wrestling in the ring. Yeah. So he and needs to wrestle in the ring or at least – at the very least, find a very good wrestling school to go and train, get back into wrestling shape. Well, and I think the thing is with him in this, uh, you know, look, some people are, you know, like we talked about, 50 and they're in the best shape of their life. Uh, Tyrus has been around a long time. He's been heavy a long time. He... One of the things that you can tell is that his knees are blown. Yeah. You know, he's not mobile like he was when he was first in WWE. And even at the end of his WWE run, he wasn't as mobile. And he's gotten less mobile. And you can tell his knees are not good anymore. And, you know, and somebody has stated quite well, he's somebody that in and of himself doesn't need a title to be over. He could fill that King Kong Bundy role. He could fill that Andre the Giant role. He could fill that special person Can you stop putting things on there because it keeps distracting DK? 
Yeah, it does. But uh, sorry. But well, my point to him is uh, Carlton though is then that should have been your point, not that he was fifty. Uh, you know, look, he's. My problem with him is he's limited in who he can have a good match with. Put him in the ring with somebody like Dick Murdoch, fine. I don't know that he would be that well in the ring against somebody like Matt Cardona, who's, you know, 200 pounds. Put him in the ring with, with uh, you know, actually somebody like Otison, who also kind of got a limited move set. You know, let them beat on each other for five minutes. Fine. Put them in the ring with somebody like Latimer, who has a more uh, 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 more technical abilities. I don't know how well that goes. And you know, the the problem is that whoever his opponent is is going to have to carry him to a certain extent if they don't wrestle that same style that he does. So again, a, a Murdoch, a brawler will fit well with him, but I don't know that a wrestler, would fit. I don't know that Nick Aldis would look good in the ring with him. And that's the thing, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, he's probably a short-term champion, you know, or just a transitional champion. Well, of course, you know, when they only defend the title at pay-per-views, he could be, <laughs> you, you do can, get stuck when the text comes on the screen. Oh, I didn't see it. I get stuck just thinking in my own head. No, I, I mean, and, and that's the thing about tires. Like, <coughs> when we look at the NWA, maybe what they did is going to be more beneficial 10 years down the road, and we don't see it yet because we're right here in front of it. Putting Tyrus as your world's heavyweight champion and – Theoretically, we probably won't see him defend the title unless it's at a pay-per-view, which means there's going to be a greater emphasis on your secondary titles, your tag titles, your women's championship, your junior heavyweight championship, but specifically your national title held by Scion and your television title held by Jordan Clearwater, two guys who can actually work. And that's one of the things that, you know, by the wayside, we've been talking so much about Tyrus and how bad that is for the nwa but look what they did to the lower card right they put in some guys who actually can work and what i think we're gonna see there is maybe the influx of action that we are hoping for in the nwa is gonna be on the mid card and maybe for the time being the steward of the nwa mr william patrick corgan is gonna put a name connected to that title that will be on gutfeld and sons or whatever the hell that show is called i don't know what it's called i don't watch fox and that title will be showcased to millions of people on television and will be put over as the most important professional wrestling championship belt in history. All the while, we won't see Tyrus in the ring too often. And maybe what we'll get on power is more of what we're seeing now. The 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 what we're seeing in like the Jordan Clearwaters, the Scions, the Odinsons, and maybe we'll see more of the Jacks Danes and the Thrillbillies and the and the uh uh uh, Dak Drapers of the world. And I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. I'll come to terms with that. I'll, I'll stand by the NWA if that's what we see happen. 
because I don't necessarily need to see Tyrus defend that title 15 times a year. I don't want to see that actually. No. Uh, since we're already at the eight o'clock hour, let's go ahead and kind of go through the show and give some thoughts on that and how it ties into the next night and everything. Are we talking about the pay-per-view itself? The pay-per-view. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in the, I don't know, I don't know what they call it, the pre-show, WWE term, but in the YouTube show, uh, we saw Mims beat Anthony Andrews, which was a good thing because Mims had won the four. It, uh, or I'm going to talk about a little of the stuff they did good here. So Mims beats Anthony Andrews by pinfall. And it's the first match of the show. Um, Mims is supposed to challenge for the world TV title, which he does the next night. And uh, he won. So he, he won the three-way, four-way, ten-way, whatever it was that put him in there. And so he's won now. So not a whole whole lot of building, but at least it's a consistent thing. He's gotten his couple wins. Now he's going to challenge for the title. And so I felt like that was a good thing. And it was a pretty solid match. And, and let's be honest. Mims is one of those guys that has been kind of like rudderless in the NWA. He was involved heavily in the storyline with Tyrus. Like he had two matches against Tyrus. Um, he was injured by Tyrus. He was off TV for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Um, you know, it's really just a couple of days, but with the way the schedule set up. And so when Mims came back to the NWA, I mean, it still is Mims, but he, he has a lack of direction. And now maybe with Jordan Clearwater as world champion, I mean, he didn't he didn't pin Mims. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Excuse me. Um, but Mims winning that match was a good step in the right direction if the push is now on for Mims. If we want to see Mims get more title matches or to move up to the card, getting that victory over uh, Anthony Andrews was important. Right. The uh, NWA has a failure of everybody on the roster will eventually face everybody on the roster and everybody on the roster will eventually get a championship match because that's kind of how the NWA does it. It's not that's bad booking. That's unfortunately one of the things a lot of promoters and bookers get into issues with when they have a set roster is uh, they don't use that roster to push to create championship. They just, everybody ends up wrestling everybody and none of the matches really mean. And then next thing you know, somebody who was 0 and 17 could win a championship. Well, well we have 15 billion titles. Poyo, Poyo brings up a good point. Mims is someone who's public, uh, who has pushed has more start and stops than public transportation. I mean, that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. And and it's funny because Mims is one of those guys that was literally on the first episode of Power. And that story of him eventually... As a strictly enhancement guy. Yeah, and the story of him eventually becoming a champion within the company, whether it be as a tag team or a singles competitor, I think is really going to be interesting as we fold into 2023 and seeing Mims... Uh, perhaps pursue one or both of those championships, and, and that push to to Poyo's to Poyo's point that push can't stop this time. 
that push has to lead to somewhere. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot more still going on, so we'll see. So, there's also a difference between getting wins and getting a push. Sure. They need to learn the difference and actually give them a push. If that's somebody that they need to invest in, then they really need to learn how to actually push him, and it's a lot more than just getting some wins. That's not pushing somebody. Anybody can win. Pushing is the the storyline, the talking about, the art graphics direction. Everything is to put him into some meaning something. Uh, you can't just all of a sudden just give somebody a couple wins against nobodies and then think he's a somebody. He has to also beat somebody and beat it convincingly in a reason and a logical sense. No, oh, you're asking way too much. Uh and you know, look, Moons is still basically young to the thing. I I'll get into this a little bit more when we get to Clearwater. I think sometimes people want everything like right now. And it's like, you know, let these guys have a chance to season to age, especially now where you don't wrestle 360 times a year. You know, these guys need time to develop. There, there are people in wrestling 10 years and I watch them and, you know, they're still look like rookies. But uh, anyway, the next match was the for the Wildcat Tag Team Championship. Uh, Slime SCN. I don't know how they pronounce it. Honestly, I'm not a... Uh, I don't follow Wildcat that closely. But they defeat, they defend the titles and defeat uh, Miserably Faithful of Gags the Gimp, Salva Pal by Pinfall. Uh, it was an okay match. It gave the local guys something to do. All the guys in there were relatively small. I think, you know, I'll use the joke of the, if I tripped on fell and fell on them, you know, I'd probably pin them. Yeah. Uh, but, the match was fine. It kind of ended when Sal accidentally tagged himself in by slapping the gimp. Now, I'm not really sure why Gags the Gimp and Sal were teaming together since the last time we saw them on an NWA show, they were, Sal came out to beat up uh, Gags for trying to help question Mark or something. I don't remember. It was. It was foolish, and there was nothing that's going on with that. Did you have any thoughts on that one, Jay? No. Uh, this, this, I'll be honest. I tuned out of this match. I had no reason to care. Um, I know this was a Wildcat co-promoted event, but I have no connection to Wildcat, so I didn't care about this match. It wasn't hyped on any programs leading up to it, and I'm not a big fan of Sal Renaro and, and the Gags of Kim. Sal Renaro, Sal my pal, I would love to see that guy come back. And I know it's hard to do that because they've already went so far with the silly gimmick and everything else, but it's not working. I don't know who this appeals to, um, but, but gags and, and Sal just, it's not, it's not doing it for me. And the tag team match, just didn't do anything for me. Uh, Sal Renaro would be a great challenger to the junior heavyweight title. And it would be great in that enhancement role, putting people over and helping people get established. This tag team match just did nothing for me. Nothing at all. And you're wondering who it's for. You said who it's for. It's just like Vince McMahon. The WWE was only for one person. It was for Vince McMahon. It's the same thing with the NWA. 
The only person it's for is for Billy Corgan. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's nobody. He said it right there. If they don't like it, they can go away. That's a promoter that's basically doesn't care about what the fans want. He only cares about what he wants, and he doesn't care about the fans. Well, but I don't think Billy had anything to do with this match, honestly. No, probably not. This kind I of think chat match. No, but I we're talking about what's the, what the Sal and and, and gags again appeal to. Yeah, that's that's who they appeal to. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know that Billy cares that much about them. I think he just has them out there for his comedy thing. I don't think he gives it that much thought. Uh, but you know, this match was simply to give the Wildcat fans something. Yeah, it, look, it, it was. And, an look, I'm fine with that. I mean, this is one of those cases where Jay's actually probably a little more negative than I am. Which is I weird. mean, I was, I was fine. I mean, not that I like gags or Sal. I, I was fine, but I was fine with the match taking place. It was a good way to give the Wildcat people a victory over some of the NWA guys that, and you know, that the NWA people aren't going to care about. Uh, would you put Poyo's comment back up there about the NWA as a formula? Because that's all I was able to read. And I don't have well, let, let me just jump in while while you're reading that. To your point about it was a victory for Wildcat, that's sure you're right but we don't have another tag team on the roster that actually has some wins and losses that would back up a title match that could put that tag team over i mean there's really there's a litany of tag teams on the show and we're growing the roster out even further uh if not the southern gentleman if not if not uh there's got to be someone other than gags the gimp and and sal renaro there's because the fact that that isn't even a real tag team, like they're, they're not getting any kind of push, you know, I, Hey, why not Alex Taylor and Jeremiah Plunkett, at least them as a tag team, they've had some victories. Um, and to me, that would have made more sense. Oh yeah. That's probably made sense. All right. What was the next match? The next match was a tag team war. This was the match that I was not into the hardcore tag team war. Hardcore tag team war, sure. Uh, Anthony Andrews, the Pope, uh, JTG, and they defeat Alex Taylor, who filled in for Jake Dumas, uh, Jack Stain, and Mercurio. While Jake wait, Dumas, wait, wait, wait. You said you said Anthony Andrews. I think you meant Anthony Mayweather. Anthony Mayweather. Yes. Sorry. Anthony Mayweather, the Pope, and JTG defeat Alex Taylor, who was filling in for Jake Dumas, Jack Stain, and Mercurio when with Dumas, CJ, Danny Deals, and Chris Silvio Esquire all out there. <laughs> well, actually, no, Danny Deals left. Did he leave? Yeah, he left. So oh. he, he walked back up the entryway. Danny Dills came in to just help introduce Alex Taylor as the replacement for uh, Magic Jake. Of course, I don't know why he even came to the ring if he was injured. However, I'm not going to ever argue when CJ's on camera, so that was fine by me. Um, but, yeah, there was a wealth of managers ringside for this one. About the only thing that I enjoyed about this match was CJ – who's wrestler Christy James and who should actually be uh yeah somebody twerked the merch. Thank you, dear. Uh 
Christy Jane should actually be used as a wrestler and not just a Vanna White. No offense to Vanna White. Uh, I don't know. It, I The only part that I found entertaining was that Christy James would do her more when the faces were winning than she did when her team was. She's the best. On. It ends with... Uh, it ends with Mayweather pinning Dane after some chair use. I uh, didn't care enough to actually pay that much attention. Look, I, I'm a huge Pope fan, and that was uh, what I was watching for. And Poyo, he was early in it. Poyo, I'm sorry, I'm going to put over to the, your boy, the Pope. I think I look at him and I go, why is that guy on the on the pre-show? Why is that guy not circling the top of that car? I mean, hell, he is one of the dudes that helped put over Tyrus to get Tyrus to this point. Now it's time to return the favor. We should see Pope. Pope should be the guy emerging as the number one contender for that world title. Uh, just my my thought on the on this. Uh, you know, I think Pope. Number one, we if Nick Aldis was the measuring stick for the NWA, and we said that guy could talk, that guy could work, that he had a great look. If you look on the roster, who else can match that? The Pope is right there. In terms of promo, I'm going to tell you right now, Pope is better than Nick Aldis ever was. We're talking about work rate. I mean, it's Nick Aldis wasn't freaking Kenny Omega out there. He was good, but he's not great. The Pope is good. He's not great, but he's good in the ring. And uh, I, I feel like the Pope is a guy who, you know, if the NWA were ever to take a chance on somebody, that's the guy to take a chance on. And if the Pope were able to get a, a run with that 10 pounds of gold, I guarantee you people would be talking about it in a positive way. I would think so. You don't think so? No, I said I would think so. Oh, I thought you said I don't think so. Like, Let's talk about that, Mr. DKM. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you about that. It's, it's obvious that he's somebody who could, who could, uh, you know, light the world on fire. He's got yeah. the charisma. Yeah. So, all right. So then it was the main event of the YouTube portion of the show. So it was for the vacant NWA world television title. Oh, uh, world television title as Jordan Clearwater defeated AJ Kasana by a pinfall to win the title. Now, this was probably the surprise for me of the night, as I was pretty sure they were setting up Kasana. Yeah, same. To win the title. It was a good surprise. Yes. I was same. glad it was I was glad it was Clearwater that won. Uh they are not booking him so goofy anymore. He he still got a little bit of goof to him, but it's like the right amount. And uh, also, Clearwater both nights wrestled without anybody with him. He's still a part of the group. He would come out with the group, but when he wrestled, there was no Austin Idol, who finally found the hard cam. <laughs> and there was no uh church's money 
There's no church's money. And so uh, this was the best match on the pre-show. Uh, the right guy won, and I don't have any complaints here. Um, I'll jump. I'll give you my uh, two cents on this. Uh, I, too, was pleasantly surprised about the outcome of the match. I will say this. I'm not a big AJ Kazana fan, but he certainly worked his ass off in this match. Um, probably the best I've seen him in the NWA up until this point. And I believe that Jordan Clearwater had a really good match with him. I, I, I think very highly of Jordan Clearwater, and I've seen. Okay. Apparently Jay's done talking. Apparently we're not allowed to put over Jordan Clearwater, so and that's what happens, man. I bet you Aldis had something. Not Aldis, I bet you um, uh, Tyrus had something to do with this. It might be. Did you go underwater? Hey, look, he's back. Yeah, okay, so apologies. I don't know what happened. I just got booted out of the system. But uh, to finish my point, I've been uh, fortunate enough to watch Jordan Clearwater outside of the NWA confines. I've, I've seen him in New Japan Strong. I've watched him in uh, various indies here in Southern California. As well, I've watched his maturation process from the United Wrestling Network, from uh, you know being a trainee of Ray Rosas to being the United Wrestling Network world champion and the crown jewel of the embassy. Watching his maturation over these past few years, the kid is getting good. And we've all talked about it, how maybe he might be a future world champion for the NWA. He's currently the United Wrestling Network world champion. I see nothing but potential with this kid. I'm still surprised that he won the title, not for any negative reason. I just thought it was Kazana's opportunity. But I'm glad that it went with uh, uh, Clearwater. And I think to the point I was talking about earlier, these uh, mid-card titles are going to be very important for the NWA going forward. And having somebody like uh, Jordan Clearwater representing your company as a TV champion, I think, is a good move. I do want to pump the brakes on some people. I, I, I realize that Clearwater holds the United world title and good for United. Uh, no, he should not be the person to take the world title off Tyrus. I've already heard a lot of people clamoring about that. No. Uh, it's too early. He's too young. He needs to develop more as a wrestler. He needs to develop more as a character. Uh, right now, they have him going back and forth between, uh, you know, face, heel, different characters in different places. You know, sometimes more serious, sometimes more goofy. He, he needs time to establish that this is uh, who Jordan Clearwater is. Yeah. And he, he needs time to be considered credible. One of my issues, one of the things I liked about Nick Aldis, I'll, I'll say it this way. One of the things I liked about Nick Aldis is that he was somebody who, if he had the right people behind him, I think could be accepted as a world champion in almost any organization while he was NWA world champion. Yeah. I, mean, I think could have held the Ring of Honor title. I think could have held uh, the, well, he did hold the Impact title one time. It wasn't booked well, but he held it. I think, you know, if you put him in AEW, he's somebody that could certainly be at the top of the AEW card. I think put him in NXT and later WWE, he's somebody who could be at the top cards. He, 
if WWE would go back to having two champions, I could see them, you know, that he could win one of those titles. I don't want them to go back to having two champions, but I'm just saying, and even if just with single championship, I could see him at some point at least holding it, if not for a long time, you know, I could see him getting a run with it. And so that, you know, with Clearwater, I think, you know, everybody thought Tommy Rich was going to be the next big thing, world champion. And then he has his personal demons. And, you know, let, let's give people a chance to develop. Let's give people a chance to go. I I agree. I think Jordan Clearwater has a ton of upside. And we're not even – he's not in his final evolution yet. I mean, I think he's got a lot of room to grow. He's a young man. And who knows, by the time he is uh, at that same age as Nick Aldis, maybe he is the guy that carries this company and maybe other companies as well. But – pump the brakes. He shouldn't be taking the belt off of Tyrus. He's not ready for that. Uh, there are a lot more established talent who is who are ready for that. And let's give those guys an opportunity. Yeah, you know, in, in Billy's 15-year plan that's left, you know, Jordan Clearwater should be looked at in 10. Yeah. Yeah. No, no yeah. We're, we're, we're all in agreement. We all think that Clearwater definitely could be the future of this company. But let's not Let's not run to that result. Let's let's let it, the maturation process follow. Let 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 it happen. Do you really believe Clearwater will be here in ten years if he's that good? I mean, like, that's even going to be here in ten years. To be honest, you no. Know, I he, here's the thing. Uh, WWE, even under Hunter, AEW, and all of them, they haven't picked up. Everybody that's got talent, they haven't used, they certainly haven't used correctly everybody that's gotten talent and they've let them go and everything. You know, will he still be here if he's that good? Uh, there's a chance. I mean, we're not talking 10 years, we're talking like five years. And, and five years, you really, no, that, yeah, I mean, you don't think he'll be signed somewhere? No, I mean, he, he, no, in the sense that is it possible? Sure, it's possible. But, you know, WWE still has a bloated roster. And if they do continue this kind of, you know, doing away with the brand split in a way, if not, you know, not, not completely, AEW has a bloated roster. Five years he goes to AEW, he's a dark order guy. He'll be on AEW dark for 10 years. Will he make more money? Maybe, but they don't even make a lot of money in that place. You know, you know, AJ Styles turned down WWE to go to that startup Impact, which didn't even have the money that AEW did. Uh, you know, some now the question, well, the NWA still be around. That would be a question. But assuming that Billy's willing to keep enough money funneled into it, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible he could be a champion. Uh, you know, we talk about this with Camille. Everybody goes, oh, when Camille loses the title, she's out of there. She's gone, you know. She, you know, somebody's going to pick her up. I don't hear anybody in the big things clamoring about Camille. I don't. I don't hear Camille being talked about the way Thunder Rosa was talked about. Is that also an indictment of the current NWA product? Yes, uh, because nobody's really talked about on the current NWA product. You know, like Thunder Rosa was like Nick Aldis originally was. Hell, like even Trevor Murdoch originally was. 
nobody's being talked about right now in this NWA. Maybe it's because it's got, I think, like a quarter, maybe a tenth of its views that it was people were paying attention to it before. Real quick, Jaden, can you say yato yato? Yato yato. You're right. <laughs> Sounds like Star Wars. So am anyway, I, am I uh, all robot-y? Yeah, uh, you, you sound like you're underwater. But anyway, uh, I mean, look, in, I don't know where the world's going to be in six months. But yeah, if you're wanting somebody like Jordan Clearwater, if you want... You know, if you think that he could become the highest paid person in the NWA and you want to put your future on it. I mean, Hammerstone's staying with the MLW. He recently resigned a a deal. You would think somebody like Hammerstone would be sought after. I mean, Lord knows if I had a promotion that had money to blow, I would be after him. So, I, you know... I don't mind talking about Clearwater for uh, a future NWA champion and somebody who could be that good and yet still be around. So let's move to the pay-per-view. First match was Max the Impaler with James Mitchell versus Natalia Markova in a Voodoo Queen casket match. I don't know why we were having a Voodoo Queen casket match other than, you know, it was something for Max. Uh, first question, Jay, did you enjoy the match? So, yeah, the match was pretty, pretty good. I enjoyed the match quite a bit. Um, the, the, the build to the match didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but you know, I, am glad that Markova got a featured match. I, Maxi Impaler's great. I think Maxi Impaler might be one of the, the people that the NWA can help build upon. But Natalia Markova, you know, Natalia Markova, I, I've i said this for a while now, and I still buy it. I think she's one of the more polished wrestlers on the roster. She has a good look. She wrestles well. Her promos have a little bit to be desired, but a good manager can help cover some of that up. I think she, Markova, should be in the same kind of circles as Kylan King and Chelsea Green. Um, Maxie and Paler, I feel like, should just be a dominant. Uh, you, earlier, we heard someone say something about King Kong Bundy. That's what Maxie Impaler should be. It's just out there and dominates, out there and dominates. So when you finally do have Maxie Impaler uh, challenge for maybe the women's championship down the road, she'll have that. They will have that win loss record that would reflect somebody as a dominant threat to Camille. Now, of course, she has faced Camille already, but and it, and and. Did she not make Camille look weak in that match? And I don't mean that as an insult to Camille. I mean that as a compliment to Max. Yeah, that I mean, was- it, it was a good match. Again, that was the show stealer for that night. And so speaking of show stealers. Real quick, as a manager for um, Natalia Markova, do you think Poyo would work? Absolutely. I I, yeah. I think I think one of the biggest um, – biggest misconceptions is that uh you know you need to have a certain person manage a certain person i think if you have someone that could get over and put people over that's what you need to do 
And, you know, with Sinister Minister, they put like the creep show with Sinister Minister. But honestly, he can manage anyone on the roster and and, and still have a uh, a pretty good thing going. Um, Poyo, I think, although Poyo's attention is currently with her mans, the Thrill Billy, uh, I think Poyo 100% could help get Natalia Markova to that next step. And I don't think Poyo is the only one that could do that. But I think certainly Poyo is someone who could do that. All right, so speaking of show stealers, the next one was Davy Richards versus uh, Steve Carino. Colby, a, Carino. Colby Carino, excuse me, yes. And it was by, he, he won the match by submission, by submission, Davy Richards did, for the MLW National Openweight Championship. Uh, for me, it was the show stealer. Anybody who knows me knows I have not been. Real quick, I, I just want to. I, I want to go back real quick because Scott said something smart and I want to point it out. He says, I could see Aaron Stevens managing Markova. I think Aaron Stevens as a manager could be very, very good. And I think he could manage her. I agree with Scott on that one. I, I, I think that would be a very good fit. All right. Colby Carino, you have not been the biggest fan of Colby Carino. But I mean, in this match, it was a blow away match. It was great. I mean, Really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than any of the other matches on on the card, although the World Tag Team title was a close second. The best match on an NWA pay-per-view was for the MLW Openweight title. Yes. And so... Uh, well, that's because they needed more titles today to bring some in from other companies. Wait till they bring in more for, like, maybe they'll bring in the women of wrestling. Well, they had... There he goes again. They had... Two other company titles because earlier we had the Wildcat Tag Team, so now we now we have the MLW National Openweight, and uh, you know it was a good match. And I felt oddly, although he has his porn stash as a heel character, this is the type of match that could help turn a person face eventually. Yes. So, oh, only praise here. Okay, praise is about to end. I would agree. Silas and Richards was a was a close second a show, on a show stealer. So we see that, uh, and uh, we'll talk about Silas, who may have been in the uh, a fun, entertaining match later. But uh, after that. We have the bad. We have question mark two, who I have no idea who it is, nor do I want to know anymore. With J.R. Kratos versus the question mark with Aaron Stevens. Uh, Kratos is kicked out from ringside because he doesn't have a manager's license. It's mask versus mask. Of course, everybody knows who question Mac is. By the way... (laughs) I took this time to go get a hot dog and a and a hot dog of popcorn because I had no no time or patience for this one. And I was jealous because I wish I was standing in a long line to get popcorn or a hot dog. I also got to see Jax Dane at this moment, which was just my night kept getting better. I chose not to watch the match, and I, I got to see a buddy, uh, someone who I respect quite a bit. And I got a hot dog and some popcorn. 
and uh, and I didn't have to watch the match. Can't ask for much more than that. Uh, question mark two wins. Aaron Stevens comes out with a towel. Kratos chased him off. He comes back with a towel. At first, he refused to take the mask off, but then he finally does, but he covers his head immediately, so we can't see who who Question Mac really is, despite all those tattoos. <laughs> it's just so stupid. And uh, it wasn't that good. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't entertained, and I want to be anywhere else. Okay, next match, Kerry Morton versus Homicide. This is the match that really has DK so happy. Oh, I was just thrilled. All right, here's the thing. The match itself was okay. I mean, I'm not going to tell you it was a terrible match. It It wasn't a great match. I don't know, Jay, would you say it was a good match? I, I don't know that I would, but would you? <laughs> For most of this match, I was still in a concession, to be quite honest. Um, what I saw, I, I didn't really, again, I didn't get too invested in the match. I, I thought for sure Homicide was going to walk away champion. So I was kind of shocked by the outcome. I wasn't even ready. I didn't have a camera ready or nothing. So like, uh, I feel like I failed everybody because I, I didn't get a good shot of the new champion. And I didn't even really get to enjoy the match. Yeah, well, there was it was okay at best. Uh, of course, I mean, here's my thing with Kerry Morton winning this title. And this is a problem I have a little bit in general with sports entertainment, wrestling, the whole shebang. So the first question is, if this had been Kerry Smith, at his current level, would he have won? And the answer is no. Here's the next level. If it's Kerry Morton, son of Ricky Morton, but Ricky Morton wasn't ringside, and Ricky Morton wasn't going to be part of ongoing NWA stuff, would Kerry Morton have won? And honestly, I don't think so. I think Kerry Morton wins here not only to give him and Ricky Morton the first father-son group to hold it, with Ricky being too old when he won it and Kerry being too young when or <laughs> too young and too much of a rookie when he wins it. How old was Ricky when he won it? In his fifties. Sixty-four. No, when he won it, he was in his fifties. Sixty-four. Well, then what's the difference between uh, Tyrus being fifty? And what's the difference between uh, Jack Stane, not Jack Stane, um, <clears throat> Storm being 50? If you're going to credit discredit one wrestler for being 50 and being champion, you should discredit them all. Well, I'll discredit Morton in the fact that he, kind of like Tyrus, was shot not really good and just shouldn't have been given the title. I watched that match, and I, and I give a lot of credit to Chase Owens. That was a good match. And Ricky had way more now then than he does now. Ricky mm-hmm. could still go. He had great matches against um, against Adam Pierce for the NWA title. And I've seen him have good matches at that time. Yes, now he's way overshot. But well, at the time, he was better, at least, you know, can go and still at the time. And that was your credit. That was your credentials. 
I almost think you guys are a little influenced by somebody who doesn't like the fact that he won, and it's influencing your opinion. No, I because I had that opinion before it was. I didn't want him to win. It was a good story at the time. I held that that opinion beforehand. Uh, I know what you're talking about that we're influenced by Kevin, but no, that's not actually it. Ricky, I thought, Ricky, I thought Ricky Morton should not have been wrestling at that time. He barely did wrestle. I don't agree with you. It wasn't that good of a match. I don't agree with you that Ricky could still go. Ricky I didn't was, think his match with Adam Adam Pierce was that good. Ricky was fifty eight when he won the title, at least, or, or maybe fifty seven, um, because he won the title in twenty fourteen, which was eight years ago. And if he's currently sixty six, is what Cage Match lists him at, uh, then that would be. Uh, 58. Okay, so he's 58. So he's even older than I thought. No, so, I yeah. agree he was too old to win the title then, but I still think you guys are not giving the older guys the slack now. You're you're saying 50 is great. If, well, if, I mean, if, look. Stop no, being no. afraid. My, my, my yeah. criticism is an age. My criticism is the ability to go. Tyrus at 49 doesn't have the ability to go. Tim Storm at 49 had the ability to go. That's the difference. Um, you know, Nick Bockwinkle at 45 was one of the best in the world. Age doesn't really matter. It's if you can still wrestle. Uh, I, I don't want to watch Ric Flair wrestle at age 73, but I had no problem watching Ric Flair wrestle at age 50, 55, well, 56, whatever it was. Well, in some of it, though, all there's a difference between watching people wrestle and where they are and what they're doing. I mean... And also, some of the people we're talking about are exceptions to the basic rule of the age. I mean, most people, and I said even a couple of years ago, I go that Tim Storm was showing his age now, that people were still talking about him, about wanting him to win the title off Nick Aldis. I was like, no, not he, Tim doesn't need to be in the ring that much anymore. And, you know, the issue here was that Ricky Martin wasn't a top wrestler at that time. Ricky Morton wasn't a top contender at that time. Ricky Morton was a nostalgia thing to bring in fans of that area. He couldn't really go. He was not that good. If you brought him in occasionally as that kind of special person in the team or whatever, Okay, you can do that. But saying, hey, this guy's your world champion? Nah. It wasn't working. It didn't work. Kerry Morton, I mean, you know, Tommy Rich was, what, 21 when he won the world title for four days? Yeah, but Tommy Rich was also wrestling 50 times a month during that period. Well, but but my thing was, you know, I didn't have an issue with that. I didn't have an issue with him one. So even with it's not so much that Kerry is young, I don't know that Kerry is truly as qualified to win it. And then my concern is that what they do when you put on a young guy like that is that you make it the young guy's championship, and that's that's not what this title should be. It shouldn't be the up and comer title. That's what we have the TV title for. <laughs> now, so, do you think he won because of the Morton name in Louisiana, which holds a lot of weight? I think he won because it keeps Ricky Morton there with him. 
I think if Ricky Morton was involved, Ricky Morton was still in a was on his rocking chair on the front porch of his house wherever he lives, Tennessee or whatever. I don't think that Kerry Morton wins the title this. Yeah, and and and, and look, I, I think the crux of all this is like the name Morton carries weight. Period, and and to what what DKM said earlier, if if it was Kerry Smith. I don't think he's in the ring with with homicide. I don't think he can stand next to homicide, but he's a Morton, and that has value and it means something. And I'm not I'm not saying that uh, you can't use your name, you can't use your legacy. Of course you can, but I'm not going to be your biggest supporter either. Colby Carino is a kid that when he broke onto the business, I was like, oh, you know, he's going to coast on his daddy's name. But over the last few years, uh, well, maybe I, I should say the last year. Colby Carino has grown on me as a performer, as a wrestler, because he works hard. And every time I see him in the ring, I'm seeing somebody who's very hungry. And I'm not trying to shortchange Kerry Morton here. Maybe he's just as hungry, but his growth, his growth and development hasn't been to the extent of Colby Carino. And I know he spent less time in the ring. So maybe it's a maturation process. And maybe that's what we'll get with Kerry Morton in this in this NWA, this new NWA. It is somebody who will coast on that name until he can start getting better and, and paving his own path. But right now, I, I just think this was a title uh, given to him to 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 help keep that Morton name connected to the NWA. And, and look, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm a big fan of PJ Hawks. I like him much better in the ring. I wouldn't put the title on him. All right. I mean, I, not the World Junior Heavyweight Title. Okay. You know, we'll get to the tag team titles, which is a different beast, but uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't have put the world title on him. He was back one of the early ones I was saying, I go, I don't want I don't want him to win. I don't want Kerry Morton to win. I want to be kind of on, you know, more seasoned veterans. Uh, so after that, we had Silas, our Thrillbilly come out without our dear Poyo, which made me very sad. And he actually got a win over Odinson. That's a big win. It's a very, very big win for Thrill Billy. Um, Poyo should have been there. I know, you know, there's Poyo was at the photo shoot, but in reality, I I know that this initially was supposed to be Nick Aldis. Uh, obviously, they they made replacements at the last minute. Um, I would have loved Poyo to be there. I feel like Poyo not being there uh, kind of hurt. The, uh, the the match itself because I think that you could do a lot of fun things with Poyo and with uh, with uh, Cyrus excuse me Silas uh, but at the end of the day a great victory for uh, for Silas and it kind of disappointing for for uh, Odinson to take that loss I I will admit I was a little bit disappointed that he had also shaved his beard and, <laughs> and lightened his hair color so he Poyo, being Billy yeah throw Billy so, so Poyo, if you have any influence over the man, tell him to get his hair back darker and grow the beard back. Anyway. How do you know that she isn't the one that told him to do it? She may have been. I don't know. But, but I wanted to say the opposite. <laughs> so, anyway. so wait now, book, wait, you're saying Poyo's booking through Billy's hair color? Maybe. Yes. Look, 
Look, I have this beautiful brown hair with some salt and pepper mixed in it. But if my lady told me tomorrow, hey, I would like you to get a little bit lighter and, and maybe you could shave that beard. All right. What my lady wants, my lady gets. And I'm sure that's how it is in Thrillbilly's trailer park with uh, with Poyo. Could be. So uh, then we get the fixers defending the still controversial U.S. tag team belts. For those who know what the controversy is. And they defeated the Spectaculars. Uh, Brady Pierce, Rush Freeman, who are both pretty big guys, and Rolando Freeman, who's not. And it's a weird thing as at some point as they throughout the match tended to change back and forth between who the heels and the faces were. It's kind of weird. Yeah, um, it, it man. So let's let's talk about the conundrum here, right? Because uh, when we talk about the fixers. They are very over as a tag team, which is great. The U.S. Tag Team Champions, uh, there's a big portion of the audience that just absolutely loves them. I know there's a growing audience on the on social media that's kind of over them. And then you've got the Spectaculars, who, let's be honest, they don't have any victories in the NWA as a tag team. Uh, in fact, you, we talk about enhancement tag teams, you, you know, for two Good-looking guys, two big guys. I'm very surprised that Rush Freeman and Brady Pierce haven't had more victories in the NWA, haven't been pushed in a better position than what they're in. And and the biggest thing about that group is the manager, who's a little person. And so... And can we stop doing the hip thing? No, that's their thing. And they're going to keep doing it until you start doing it. Uh, um, that ain't happening. Yeah, well, then get just get ready for it. So it, it was really just kind of like, um, I don't know. I don't feel like the Spectacular should have been in this match. I don't really know who I could tell you who would have been a better substitution. Perhaps maybe the Southern Gentleman if they weren't already obligated elsewhere. Uh, but but I, I just don't see, again, why you put a tag team that has zero build into a tag team title match. Um, the match itself wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't a great match. It was just a match, but I, 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 I feel like they could have had more if they would have built it up better. They would have told a story with it. If they would stop focusing on Rolando and the Cardona family and let the spectaculars just get some wins and losses against some, anybody, it would have made more sense for this tag team match. And you're right, DK, the, the, the face reaction bounced back and forth on both teams uh, it, it felt like the crowd did like both teams. I will say that. And I think that was based on Rolando, honestly. I mean, I don't care for him, but he's over. Yeah, to a point, I think he is. Uh, again, I, I think he has a bigger risk of getting more eh, by the fans than uh, – Yes, I do. Thank you. Uh, as more as more of a chance to get at by the fans and the fixers. Uh, yeah, you can tweak the fixers a little bit more over yeah, time yeah. And, and keep them somewhat interesting. Uh, 
Oh, going back to Silas and uh, Otison, that was actually a pretty good match. It's a really I, good match. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I not enjoyed Otison so much recently, but that was that was good. And you know, Silas is rapidly becoming a guy I really like. Oh, so the next thing was we had Sion defending the national title against Dak Draper in a match that was extremely short. Yeah. Surprisingly short. I really can't say it was good or bad because it was so short. It kind of ended out of nowhere to me. Sounds like it was sent home early. I think they did have uh, some timing issues. I, I, I mean, I can't speak with any certainty, but I felt like a few things were rushed uh, because a few things took a little bit longer. Uh, next was uh, our new best friends, Pretty Empowered, as they defeated just Maddie and Misa Kate. Now, Misa that was a weird one. That was a weird deal. Uh, that was weird. It was the match itself was pretty good. It ended bizarrely with uh, Maddie and Misa having fallen out and Maddie walking away. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying Billy Corgan broke up a tag team? Yeah, I know. That's shocking, isn't it? Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no on this one. Well, only because they hadn't really been a tag team to long enough to break up a tag team. But it was, yeah, I mean, the match was okay for the most part. And, you know, pretty empowered, retained. Uh, I, I'm going to say one negative thing about the women's tag team title belts. Like, we got to see them up close, and man, did they look like a toy. Get my girls some real damn belts, Billy. Exactly. If they're that good, then let's get them a real belt. You know what? And, and I want to say this. like, I'm being silly about them being my besties and all that stuff. I mean, I've said it for a while. I'm a huge Ella Envy fan. Kenzie Page is a workhorse. That girl is great in the ring. And like I said, Ella Envy, she's got great personality. Both those girls are money. I don't miss the Hex. No, I don't. And well, I like wanted I said, the Hex because they, I liked Marty Bell and I liked Allison Kay a lot. But right now, I am totally good with the with, with Ella Envy and Kenzie Page holding on to those titles for a while. I want that women's division to kind of get beefed up. Let's see some more tag teams. Let's make let's let's make some more tag teams. Maddie and Misa were actually really good together for 85% of that match. And there are other women on the roster who need things to do while they're trying to figure out who's going to be the next challenge to Camille. I, I think now's the time to start putting some women together to make these tag teams. I mean, we saw, I think it was uh, the next night, Jasmine Allure uh, challenge Camille. I mean, bring her on and make her a regular and find her a partner to team up with. Uh, she was pretty good too. There's a lot of great women talent out there. Use them. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now let's talk about the worst thing that I've seen in pro wrestling in approximately 40-something years. There was a match, if you want to call it that. Don't call it that. EC3 and Tom Latimer 
that had the crowd booing and yelling boring because I was doing both. Yeah, so was I. And EC3 grabs a microphone during the middle and literally talks, I think, longer than they wrestled. Yes. And it was horrible booking, horrible everything. Vladimir finally hits EC3 and puts him in some submission move and loses because he won't break it. And it was horrible and bad and horrible and bad and horrible and and bad uh, and bad and horribly bad. And Vladimir sounds like another wrestler who doesn't win that'll soon be getting a championship match. Yeah. Probably. But I mean I, I cannot I cannot describe the depth of my hatred <laughs> at being exposed to this. I don't Jay, am I overreacting? Um, I, no, you're not. This, excuse me. Uh, this I don't know one, how it came across on TV. I have not watched the pay-per-view on fight. But there in the arena, uh, if it had gone much longer, I think there might have been a riot. It was bad. And, and, and like, you and I talked about this almost immediately afterwards. And you said, you know what? I would have rather him just picked up the microphone beforehand and, and not even gotten to that point. And I mean, I think you're right. I mean, look, okay, I'm gonna just pull up this photo. I, I, I like to take photos at wrestling shows. And I look at this photo and I look at two phenomenal athletes who are good at wrestling. And I didn't get a wrestling match with them. I got some bullshit. And I was pissed because I thought this match could steal the show. This match has potential to to maybe make a new number one contender. Maybe the winner of this match is going to get a shot at whoever walks away with the 10 pounds of gold. That was wishful thinking, but it was just awful. There was nothing redeeming about it, nothing good about it. This was shit. This is the kind of stuff that's going to turn people off more than Tyrus's political affiliation, more than, than, than Nick Aldis walking away from the NWA. You're putting two very good talents into just bullshit, uh, uh, talking, them, talking themselves out of buy rates. And, and Apoyo says, I think that's part of the point, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was horrible. But this doesn't make me want to see their match now again. Now I'm tuned out. Now I could give two shits about EC3 or Tom Latimer. And I know that like, that's not what they wanted, though. They wanted me to care more. They wanted me to invest more. No, it did the exact opposite. I don't care. I don't care no. about either one of them now. Somebody in the crowd actually yelled, this is X-Pac heat. That was me. I yelled that. Okay. I, w I knew it was you. I wasn't going to say it if you didn't want it to be known. But, uh, yeah. And by the way, the people around us agreed. I mean, it may have been the point, but it was done wrong. It was done bad. You people out there in the chat world, did if you were watching it on uh, the pay-per-view, what did you think? 
I mean, I'm not talking about riot in a good way, like back in the old days when, you know, hey, our guys lost and we were so emotionally involved, you know, that we're going to riot. <laughs> I love foil so much. You're in trouble now, Jay. But uh, I, I got to send Poyo a pink shirt. Maybe she'll wear it on the on her next podcast. Maybe. But all in good fun. Yeah, right. So uh, I actually I really do like Sean Waltman, by the way. But uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with Sean Waltman as a as a person. But we all know that there was a period where he was. He was. That's not right there, wrestling with MMA. That's not right. <laughs> you know, I don't think Bastion Booger had that, you know, snotty type of thing. I think he, uh, I, I don't think people cared enough. <laughs> cool. Huh? Yeah, Jay, if you were paying attention, you would know that Poyo was wearing your blue shirt. I, 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 look, I was literally, I didn't get home last night till like, uh, God, was it, uh, oh no, last night was Wednesday. Oh no, I was just with the kids. My wife was, he was uh, buying, my wife was buying a brand new car. So I was busy just doing everything else in the house. He, you know, I don't know how Jay felt, but like when I got back on after driving back on Monday and Somebody asked me how my Tuesday was. Like, I don't really remember. I felt like crap the entire day. I No, I was, I had to go to work. So, like, it, Tuesday was my, I was in the airport pretty much all day on a plane or in the airport. Smash burgers are delicious. If you ever uh, have the opportunity, grab a smash burger. It's really good. Did you get the um, smash fries? Huh? Did you get the smash fries? Uh, they were just regular fries. They have smash fries? Yeah, it's with the oil, olive oil, and... Uh... Rosemary and some other seasoning. Oh my I god! Missed, I missed that, but I I got home about nine o'clock uh, from LAX. It's like a two hour drive, an hour and a half drive for me out here in in the Inland Empire, and uh, just in time to get the girls in bed. I went to bed, then I went to work the next day, and uh, when I got home, I was just exhausted. So I, uh, Poyo, I didn't see it, but I will go back and take take a look and try to watch it. Um, oh shit! And the smash fries are good because po uh, tires sits on them. They're the tires smash fries. Ha! I can't argue that. Anyway, God. Any of you are are you guys still watching the show? Did any of you watch the watch watch it on pay per view? Did you guys like this at all? No, nobody liked it. That's that's a loaded question. Nobody liked it. I said but, at all. No, I, I mean, look, anyone who watched this could say, oh, I get what they were trying to do, but it didn't really hit the mark. Okay, I'll take that. But it was shit, man. It was just garbage. And I know Tom Latimer, in my opinion, Tom Latimer is the guy that could have totally stepped into that Nick Aldis role and be that next guy. And at this, with that being said, I think EC3 likewise could step into that role and fill that same, that same caliber performer. And the NWA needs those guys. But this was just not that at all. And I, if Billy signed off on this, like, what the hell are you doing, Billy? And if this was an invention of EC3, like, what are you thinking, man? Like, they needed they they needed them to step up. They needed them to have a good match, and they didn't. Well, I mean, I 
I think the clue here is what you are talking about earlier. I now if EC3 is on comes on my NWA screen, my reaction is time to get popcorn. Yep. Time to go use the restroom. Time to I, I don't want to hear him ever again. Yep. And if Tom Latimer is involved in an angle with him, then I don't care about Tom Latimer until he's done with the angle with him. Yep. All right. So the 14th match of the night was La Rebellion, who I got their autograph. You did. And uh, they unfortunately beat Hawks Ari. Uh, this was a bad judgment. If you want to keep the titles on La Rebellion, have them get disqualified. They should have been disqualified. By the way, throughout this night, the people that ended up with the most real heat were the refs because of some of the bad booking decisions. I mean, they spray Luke Hawks in the face with whatever miss thing they try to do. And it wasn't even a very good mist. It was basically water being spit. And uh right in front of the refs, so that should have been disqualification, but somehow it wasn't. And so, you know, if you wanted to leave, you should have at least done a disqualification and let Oxford, you got, give them a beat down afterwards to where the crowds could go crazy. They didn't. And I would have put the title on Hawks RE. Uh, Luke has wrestled for, uh, is it Mechalos promotion? Uh, no, that's not Mechwolf's promotion. That's just a Crash. So yeah. talking about Lucha Libre. Yeah. He's not part of that? I thought he was part of that. He's not ownership. He just wrestles there. Okay. But they could have gone to Crash and flipped the titles there if they wanted to or oh. flip the titles flip the titles when they go into uh, uh, their tapings here in December, which I was very sad to see were going to be three days worth of tapings. There was, there was, there was, the thing you have to get, okay, so I was looking at it from a wrong perspective while the match was happening, because although, I don't, I like to see people get frustrated as fans for the right reasons, and when you had La Rebellion in there versus Hakari, and everyone in that building knew that Hakari was going to walk out with tag titles, that disappointment to me was palatable. And to me, I'm like, that's great. That's good business because people will come back to see that match. But then you have to think about it, that this match has happened five times now. And out of five times, Hawk Ari has taken those L's five times. And now that the interest in that match is diminished, now could they still do a match in Mexico and, and do a title switch there? Sure. But this was the right place to do it. And had they won the titles, like it doesn't, the, the, the thing about a title change is it, it doesn't have to be forever. It's not a permanent thing. The, if 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 Hawk Ari would have won those tag titles, that place would have erupted. And it would have been great for for that territory, uh, the Wildcat. It would have been great for Hawk Ari, Luke, and PJ. It would have been great for the NWA. There would have been a lot of positive publicity for it. 
that doesn't mean that they have to hold the titles for the rest of their lives. It doesn't mean you can't like DK say switch the titles at the next set of tapings at the live at the live event or at some point maybe they could do a match in Mexico at Crash Luchas. Luke's worked there before. Uh, you know I don't think that would be a problem at all. But the fact is this is when the iron was at its hottest and they didn't pull the trigger and that worries me because if you can't if you can't read the tea leaves and know that that would have been good a good move for the company then i don't know if there's any booking decision you're going to make that's going to be a smart decision yeah and you know and i heard a lot of people go oh well i mean even some of the fans there like oh well, you know this just an angle this just an angle you know they'll win eventually and it's kind of like i'm not so i mean like i said five times you know if you're not gonna if you're not gonna put the title on them here I mean, I don't think they're coming back to New Orleans, you know, within a few months. They might come back next year. But, you know, I don't think they're coming back within a few months where you can, you know, you know, rerun this. So you missed a really good opportunity with a really good crowd. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't sold out, but it was a good crowd. It was a hot crowd you know, on the, on the wildcat side. And I think on the NWA side too, in this particular case. And so, you know, you could have watched the ceiling go off, but instead you were kind of left. And, and here's the problem. It killed the crowd. And the crowd was not that into the next two matches. Now there are probably some other reasons they weren't into the next two matches, which I'm going to talk about together. The next two matches were Camille defeating Chelsea Green and Kylan King in a three-way to retain the Women's Championship. And Tyrus, who had Black G's out there with him, who defeated Trevor Murdoch. He at least pinned Murdoch. I will give them the credit for that. And Matt Cardona in a three-way match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Both matches were disappointing to me. I found them okay at best. I did not get that into either one of them. The crowd was not into either one of them. And like I said, the crowd was basically killed by Hakari not winning the tag team belts. Uh, I was, the good was, I was glad they didn't take the title off Camille. The bad was Tyrus won the title. Uh, And look, you, Tyrus Wright, we're not going to get any more views from his Fox show. No. He was he had the World Television Championship, which he put over and 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 over. And he, he if, if you were a fan of that show and you want to watch wrestling, you're already watching. So putting it on him... Will it help them get a TV deal? All, uh, you know, Chris Jericho being the ROH champion? I don't know. I mean, if Billy ends up with a TV deal here while, while Tyrus is still champion, you know, good for him. Okay. It worked. I was wrong. But I don't really see that it's going to help. Uh, I don't, I mean, look, I don't buy all the 
crap of the people. Oh, it's the end of the NWA now forever. And it's the end of, you know, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in the world. I mean, I'm more upset by Kerry Morgan winning the junior heavyweight title. Than I did. <laughs> title. Uh, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Maybe Jaden. Uh, look, I don't, I don't know. I can't say that. I can't say that I'm overly that either match was that good that I was overly interested. The only thing that was kind of cool was by the end of the night, you had uh, Austin's thing holding all three major men's titles, you know, as far as like the in the heavyweight world. And so, yeah, people stop saying, it's just their version of the Four Horsemen. Believe it or not, the Four Horsemen were not the first team or stable to go into any area and collect a lot of titles. Uh, I know that may shock some of you, but having stables that held all the titles is about as old as wrestling. So, uh, interesting that night to come out to celebrate was Marche Rocket, who mysteriously disappeared the second night. Did you notice he mysteriously disappeared the second night? Yeah. Um, so let me give my two takes on the on on the title matches because you didn't even ask. Well, yeah, I just assume they're the same as me. No, they're not. Um, at this point now, what do you do with Camille? At because this not point she, what she, I do with Camille. Me personally? Yeah. She beat everybody. She's beat everybody. She's beaten them in triple threat matches. She's beaten them in, in elimination matches. I mean, there's nothing that back to back night. She's beaten she's beaten Chelsea Green so many times. Like she's Chelsea Green should start calling her daddy. Do you that was funny? Don't even do you remember when Paige first debuted in the WWE? No. I wasn't watching WWE at that time. I'm sad that I was. Uh, She had just recently won the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah. And she went to WWE after, it was like the night after WrestleMania when AJ Lee had defended the title against 50 different wrestlers or something like that. I don't remember. Something ridiculous. And she, AJ start, uh, AJ Lee starts mocking her and making fun of her and ends up putting, giving her like a title match. And then, uh, Paige wins the title. Uh, Go find somebody, Misa K, Maddie, uh, somebody that's not currently wrestling in the NWA. Bring them in, have them get a surprise win over 
Camille and take the title. That's what that's what I do. I feel like the NWA is painting themselves into a corner. What to do with with Camille? She's beaten Ty Valkyrie. She's beating beaten Kylan King multiple times. She's beaten Chelsea Green multiple times. Uh, she's she has victories over genocide. She has victories over uh, Natalia Markova. She has victories over uh, Max the Impaler. There's nobody on the roster at this point who makes sense as a challenge. Maybe Allison Kay, but even then, I think Allison Kane was beat by her too. So now what, what are we going to do? Well, I think you wasted your opportunity. Uh, this should have been the night that she lost the belt. Either Chelsea Green or Kylan King should have won that match. Not because I want to see a, a title change just for a title change. I think it's time that they need to do something different in that division. It's getting stale. And now that you've exhausted all of your resources in the women's division, you either need to bring in somebody else that has name value or, or, or there's nothing left for her to do. And, you know, and if, you know, I kind of said this on Twitter, I, I think it was on Twitter. Maybe it was in the chat. I don't know. Oh, it was on yesterday's Alliance, uh, the other Alliance guys uh, stream. I told them, you know, I'm waiting for Billy to double down on the toxicity and they should just bring in Tessa Blanchard. Cause it, at least then that would be something fresh, something new. And Tessa Blanchard versus Camille is a match that would really help elevate Camille. Or they could put Tessa Blanchard over it. Either way, it would be something different. And I think that's what that division needs. Now to the men's division. Now to the world's heavyweight championship. I don't love Tyrus. He isn't my first choice as champion. But with that being said... I'm willing to see what he has in store for the NWA. I'm willing to see what he can bring to the table. Like Nick Aldis said, hey, he sold those books. But is he going to sell tickets? Yeah, he's on he's on Fox, Fox News. But like DK said, are those people watching Fox News translating to the NWA? And the, and the sure as shit, if everyone out there who's who says that they're canceling their subscription are genuinely canceling their subscription, then there will be an, a, a 100% reaction from the NWA. I think putting the belt on Tyrus was the right move. What? I think it was the right move because I don't think Matt Cardona is the guy. And I think Trevor Murdoch also was, again, falling into a very stale title run. Although I think that was the best version of Trevor Murdoch we've had. I, I just, he isn't moving the needle the way they need him to. And everyone's talking about Tyrus winning that World's Heavyweight Championship. Not in a positive light either, mind you. But as our, our old pal Eric Bischoff once said, uh, controversy creates cash. The problem now, though, with Tyrus is, who are they going to put in the ring next to him? If it's Trevor Murdoch again, that's going to get stale very fast. If it's Matt Cardona, I feel like that's going to get pretty stale pretty fast too. Well, Cardona's stale just as he is. Yeah, and, and, and so like a medium five MV Hitman says Cardona would be the guy till WWE gave him a call. I don't. I never thought Matt Cardona was the guy. I don't think he's as special as everyone else thought he was. I think Game Changer put him in a right position at the right time and and benefited from that. I think everything else after that is sloppy seconds. 
There is nobody out there who is like Matt Cardona that has given NWA their exclusivity. You know, EC3 could be that guy if they haven't been wasting him away in a feud with Tom Latimer that doesn't make any sense. So what are they going to do? Because, yeah, Tyrus is champion, and I do think it was the right move, but I only see it as a transitional thing. Because at some point, if 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 Tyrus is as toxic as the whole entire internet community says he is, then, then there's going to be – the NWA is going to financially feel it. I mean, TV tapings are coming up in December. The live event's happening in January. What's going to happen then? And if the NWA can't sell – you know, uh, if they can't sell a reasonable amount of tickets, what are they going to do? Is Billy going to throw in the towel or is Billy going to adapt? You don't have Nick Aldis to draw in a huge audience for you anymore. You're going to have to think outside of the box. You're going to have to find a reason to make people care about Tyrus, good or bad. And I think that's really where we're going to see the evolution of the NWA in the next in the next month in the next year in twenty twenty. Did all this really draw in that many people? I mean, were people tuning in to see all this? So, okay, this. I'm not saying they were. Or they weren't. I mean, this is a legitimate question. Yeah, and I we'll we'll answer. We'll talk about this, and then we'll call it a night because I know it's getting late. When you look at the NWA. For much of its early success, it was on the back of, of Nick Aldis. Uh, the much of the success of the early Billy Corgan NWA it was Nick Aldis, and you know that seventy third anniversary show they had no problem selling tickets to night one or night two. Of course, I was backed on the Empower pay per view, but tell me what was the drawing match on night two of that show? What was the main match? It was it was it. Uh, you know, Camille didn't have an opponent announced for that show. Um, I'm trying to think back to the 70s. Let me pull it up real quick. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, I'm just pulling up the 73rd anniversary show, and I want you to tell me what was the a match that would have drawn you in more than Murdoch versus uh, uh, Aldous. Well, I mean, without looking it up i mean i can tell you obviously that that was a story but let's be honest that was at least a storyline that had been developing since they came back from covid sure and so i mean but okay but but that was just one match so like if you look at they sold out that pay-per-view they had uh attendance was reported as 856 people Matches on that card were Tim Storm versus Crimson versus Tom Latimer in a no disqualification three way match. Mickey James versus Kylie Ray. Uh, a six man tag with Scion, Jordan Clearwater, and Tyrus versus The End and The Pope. Chris Adonis versus James Storm. Uh, the number one contenders battle royal that featured guys like Judeus, Captain Yuma, El Rudo, Heartthrob Jaden, Jamie Stanley, Jeremiah Plunkett. We had La Rebellion uh, take on Stevens and Kratos. Again, Camille had a mystery opponent booked for that night because she was going to face the winner of the Burke Cup. And then the main event, you had Trevor Murdoch versus Nick Aldis. That was the match. And if it wasn't based on just Nick Aldis, then why didn't they have those same numbers at night two, the the uh, the, the uh, 74th anniversary show? 
What was the main event on the 74th? I don't remember. Murdoch versus uh Murdoch versus uh Tyrus. Okay. I thought so. Let's look at let's look at that. So why did one draw better than the other? Was it Aldous, which is what Aldous claims? Or in one did we have a storyline that was built over a year and a half between multiple matches between Murdoch and Nick Aldis that was accumulating in what most people knew was going to be a title change in a Harley Race strong area by a Harley Race student. And it was the NWA's first time coming back into St. Louis in a long, long time. So that has all these things going for it. Now we turn a year later. They're coming back. They're putting on two nights of wrestling. But unlike last year where we had an Empower show featuring only women and then a second night of wrestling. They've been there the last year. Our main event is a match that has absolutely no major buildup to it. It's not talked about on the shows. It's not talked about on the thing because Nick Aldis had won the number one contendership. And then was stripped of it by Billy in what was probably a work since TV kind of didn't talk about anything. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's a great point because. <laughs> well, my question is, do you think they would have drawn 800 people again if we had again put all this in the main event against Murdoch? I think and my thing is they would have drawn the same amount of people. I think they would have drawn better. Oh, I don't think so. Well, I mean, and this is just an, a matter of a, uh, opinion, right? Because, like, yeah, I don't really prove how that. do you prove it? Um, but I will say this: you're right. Nick Aldis had the benefit of having a long-term storyline built with with Nick Aldis, and then fast forward a, a year later, and that angle was still being pushed. Aldis in the main event with Trevor Murdoch and Tyrus. Remember, he had won the number one contenders. Actually, let me rephrase that. It was supposed to be Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch. He won the number one's contenders. That's what they were building to. And the week before, they pulled him out of the match. They didn't make very much mention of it on TV because I don't think that they knew they were going to do that while they were filming TV. I think that came after the fact. So in some ways, I think maybe Billy kind of shot himself in the foot uh, with the whole gimmick of you know this whole like uh, – storyline work shoot whatever they were trying to pull off and i think that just was disappointing to a lot of fans and i i you know i don't know that nick aldis is the savior i don't know if nick aldis would have changed ticket sales but you're right the storyline leading up to the 74th anniversary was was bogus um you know they talked about tires 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 that's what they're talking about at hard times three oh tires 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 is he or isn't he is he or isn't he and and it just it you know it didn't do anything it didn't 
I'm at a loss for words. I, I just don't think that that was built any way correctly. Either of no, I don't think it was. And again, I think people wanted to see Murdoch win the title. Yes. But I don't think people wanted to see Tyrus win the title. And and I think their fear was Tyrus winning the title. And so their fear. Oh, Chris Madonna's probably off doing other things. Well, he just wasn't booked. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's probably off doing other things. I don't know. But 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 don't fret not, my friends. There was a lot of people who weren't booked for this pay-per-view. Yeah, the rule. Did you see Jeremiah Plunkett there? No. I I do want to get into a couple of things from Power real quick as we end this. Uh, Jordan Clearwater and Mims went to a time limit draw, but it was a very weird time limit draw. And that normally when they do that, the face is about to win. But in this particular case, it was the heel that was about to win. Well, and then they also acknowledge that that counts as a successful title defense. Yeah, and that's so, always been the case. Okay, I guess I did, I guess I wasn't aware of that. So Jordan Clearwater is now six more victories or draws away from becoming uh, uh, number one contender for the world's heavyweight title. Yeah, it was the same. Pope when he held the title, it was the same, and okay, uh, even Tyrus went to one or two draws. So it's it's not a that's not new. That that is the thing. Uh, Otison actually beat somebody for a change. Uh, a local guy, I think. Uh, they had a... And then they had Kratos versus Aaron Stevens. That was okay for what it was. And then... But they bring out two mask guys now one of them is obviously the former question mark or question mac back in a mask there's just no question marks on them anymore <laughs> and they covered it up with a black sharpie yeah and then there's another guy so was our friend dave scooby that called them doom and gloom he called them doom and gloom i think they were called br uh, blunt force trauma yeah, Gloom and Doom was pretty good. Yeah. And so uh, Doom and Gloom is actually better than Blunt Force Trauma. And, uh, you know, it's obviously, it, it's kind of like Doom. They have this team in black trunks and black mask who uh, we don't know who they are, except for, of course, we know who they are, which was like the original Doom. If you watched wrestling back at that time and you did not know it was Butch Reed and uh, Ron Simmons, then you weren't that bright. <laughs> I'll say this. I didn't know who Ron Simmons was, but I did know who Butch Reed was. And I was like, that's Butch Reed. That's that's the natural Butch Reed. That's Hacksaw Butch Reed. Yeah. Uh, Ron Simmons was basically a Florida guy, but he had wrestled as a face in – in a WCW. Prior. And they turned him heel and made him vanish by the Iron Sheik for a while too, which is often forgotten. Well, I blot it out as often as I can, but then, you know, somebody brings it up and ruins it. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it was a weird thing. Speaking uh, so, let's talk about the rest of power. Do we you have got four minutes? Well, that really was kind of the rest of power. There were some interviews. Country gentlemen, I guess, are going to face the fixers on USA. And I don't know that I care about that one way or the other. Uh, I care more about that than the spectaculars, to be honest. That, that, that is true. Uh, the whole idols, sports mania, church's money came out at the beginning of the show to celebrate that they're all champions now. And Tyrus had a hell of a promo. A great promo. Yeah, the best you know, he he can talk. He he put over he put over Matt Cardona, he put over Trevor Murdoch, and said both those guys are certainly gonna have a rematch with him. Then he also put over his stable mates in Clearwater and Tyre uh, excuse me, uh, Scion. Again, he also put, put over the buffet in the back. <laughs> he tipped over the buffet in the back. You know, I did not see uh I did not see Tyrus all evening. I wanted to get him to sign the 10 pounds of replica, but he was nowhere to be seen. So catering might have been extra, extra, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually a good segment, except for the fact that Austin Idol didn't know where the heart camera was half the time. He was yeah. all over the place. And you could see the cameramen were trying to get a clear shot, and he would just get right into the view. You're like, what do you do with Idol? Just get out of the way. He, he was facing us most of the time. <laughs> And you could tell that Kyle Davis was actually annoyed. I mean, like real annoyed, not, hey, this is part of the, you know, he thought, oh, see, you finally found the R camera, which did make it on the air. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, honestly, I think Kyle Davis was annoyed most of the night. <laughs> Brad, our buddy Brad. Yeah, he, uh. Well, I, I mean, I think we should call it a night because it is getting a little bit late. We've been bitching and moaning about the NWA for a while now. And look, oh, 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Close to it. Look, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be a whole lot of change uh, based on what we saw uh, in, in New Orleans, at least now. Now, there's going to be more TV tapings in December. And honestly, I'm very optimistic about what those tapings will bring. I am optimistic about Tyrus's run as world champion. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom out there, no pun intended, but I really think that there's some opportunity for the NWA and grow in different ways. Is it is it ideal? No. But, I, you know, you have to be uncomfortable in certain situations to grow, and I think that's where Billy Corgan is putting himself into, is that he's either going to have to make this work or it's just going to go away. I won't say I'm optimistic, but that's because of the booking issues that they tend to have. Sure. I will say that if used right, that they can get a little bit of mileage out of Tyrus. Yeah. I probably wouldn't put him in the ring with Cardona, but you put him back in the ring with Trevor. And if you put him in the ring with uh, our buddy, Jack Stain. That's that to me is the money match, and yeah, and so I mean, I think my, my thing would be if Pyrus is to just move the title somewhere, move to Jax because he's the one that's going to be able to put it, you know, have a Tyrus style match that is better than it has any right to be, 
and get the title on somebody that could hold the title for a while. All right. I'm done. Yeah, Jaden, Jaden Bild, you're done. Hey, look, guys, it was really uh, great talking to you guys all again. Now, we're not going to be here next Thursday. Of course, here in the United States, we celebrate Thanksgiving on the third Thursday of November. So we won't be here live, uh, but maybe we might do something. I'll keep you guys posted. And, and yes, we're still drinking sparkling ice. I mean, I still have the sparkling ice. I just also want to let you guys know that right now, Debbie's having a sale. They're doing uh, their, their Black Friday sales. Um, of course, if you purchase under my link, you get 10% off. And that link is in the uh, merchandise. It's in the uh, video description. And we've got some great shirts and hats and stuff on uh, up on the site as well. If you guys choose to uh, to support the, the uh, podcast, um, the live streams, that's the best way to do it. It's, it's not over, guys. The sky is dark. And it is raining, but it is not falling. Tomorrow is a new day. Let's let the NWA have an opportunity to see what happens next. If you're somebody who's checked out, hey, man, we'll see you when it gets good again. If you're sticking around, let's see where this goes. Because I really feel like there is opportunity for this NWA to continue to do something different. Now, I'll be honest, I'm already looking into MLW. <laughs> I'm already looking into other avenues. I, I, I am now part of the MLW uh, media credential team. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at now. And uh, we'll see what the future holds. But 2023, at the very least, something different is going to be presented. And we all can either enjoy or dislike. But we'll be here on Thursday nights to talk about it. And uh, I hope that you guys will join us weekly, uh, whether it be uh, with the pre-party with myself, the other Alliance guys on Wednesdays or this show on Thursday nights, except for next Thursday. But I uh, appreciate you guys being here. It was very cathartic for DK and I to speak to you guys about what we saw, what we anticipate, and what we liked and didn't like. But that's going to do it for us. Again, um, DK, is there anything else you want to add before I call it a night? See you in two weeks. See you in two Thanks for joining the stream. This has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode? I'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. before NWA Power. You can find us on social media at The Alliance Blog. And until next time, we are The Alliance.